0: Hello, welcome to uh, another IPO podcast. Um, this time, uh, just in a few months or so, we're going to be talking about enforcement. Christmas is on its way. In fact, we're probably about a week uh, to go to Christmas when we're recording this one. I've certainly got my Christmas jumper on and got my Christmas tree down from the, the from the loft, um, but this is the time where, unfortunately, uh, people tend to get caught out. They're looking for that last minute bargain. Um, And when they're looking online or looking in shops or down in markets, you will see some products that are probably cheaper than you expect them to be. Um, And if it is... Too cheap to be true, then generally it is going to be not true. And this is where, unfortunately, uh, there are unscrupulous people out there who are producing um, products which are counterfeits and fakes. So just be a bit careful when you are buying your goods. Make sure they're from a legitimate trader. Make sure the products are oh, advertised as what they say they are. Um, and in the next uh, 20 minutes, I'm going to be talking to my colleague from enforcement and uh, we're going to be discussing how um, you don't get caught out and what the enforcement team do at the IPO. Hello, um, if you have listened to this, then you have successfully downloaded the IPO podcast. This podcast is really going to concentrate on enforcement. So let's take a step back first of all to say who we are. My name is Gary Townley. I am the business outreach manager at the intellectual property office. The Intellectual Property Office. If you haven't heard of us, formerly the Patent Office. Our role: um, we are the government body for registering uh, IP rights, administering the rights, etc., etc., throughout the whole of the UK. So, if you've got a brand, you register trademark with us. If you've got an invention, you can go down the patents route. Copyright covers artistic and creative works, and designs have appearance of goods. So if you're involved in any of that, and most businesses are involved in that these days, uh, you come to us, uh, you can have a look at our website. We're on .gov, so it's uh, www.gov.uk forward slash IPO to get lots of useful information. Uh, and that's all available, mostly free of charge, uh, for you to, to have a look at. So as I said, this, this is uh, just a moment ago. We are going to be covering really enforcement today, and I'm happily joined by uh, Rhys Hurley, who's part of our enforcement team, um, and he's going to explain roughly what his role is and what the enforcement team do within uh, within the IPO. So, uh, okay. hello, Rhys.
1: Hi, Gary. Well, yes, my name is Rhys, and my job is as a policy advisor in the enforcement policy team. The enforcement policy team sits within the Copyright and Enforcement Directorate of the IPO, and we employ about 40 policy professionals, We're split across a number of teams. So, covering copyright, covering enforcement, which is enforcement of all rights, and we've also got a, an intelligence hub, which is a, a dedicated resource for enforcement agencies, for brands, and, and those that are willing to work with us to tackle IP crime. So, the criminal part of, or the criminal use, really of IP rights.
0: OK, so uh, basically once you've got the rights, yes. um, you need to enforce them. Yes. So what, what would you say, how, how would we infringe an IP right? What sort of things might happen?
1: Well, really, I mean, you know, we have to look at this in, in two, two ways. So there's, there's sort of the, it, the civil side of things. So I could be, for instance, a website designer, mm-hmm. and I could go onto Google and see a brilliant picture, I don't know, of a monkey playing golf. And I think this is going to be perfect for my website. So I copy and paste it. I stick it in. But actually, I've got no rights to that. I've not asked the person who took the picture. I've not got any license. So if I start then to to monetize that, that person who owns those rights is quite you know within their rights to take me to court and sue me for damages. <laughs> that is the civil side of things. Right. Okay. However. We've got a more serious side of things. Not serious, obviously, for those who've been infringed civilly, but you know, serious as in damage that can be done to the economy, to individuals, which is counterfeiting and copyright piracy. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, if I'm a criminal, I take a very well-known mark. So, for instance, I don't know Nike or Adidas or Apple. I then make 50,000 infringing goods and I sell them. I make an awful lot of money. Again, I've got no interest in paying the person who's come up with that brand or the company that, that owns that brand. That is therefore the, the criminal side of things. Mm-hmm. So it, it, we're talking things on a commercial scale. You know, we're talking people that really just don't care, okay. rather than someone who has perhaps not paid for the appropriate license or that side of things. Okay. So yeah, so we've got two distinct sides here. Yeah.
0: But what, just looking about the financial harm, mm. it's some of some of these acts are actually criminal, aren't they? Some some can can actually be dangerous. Absolutely. When you're looking at sort of brake pads, uh, medicines, Absolutely. pharmaceuticals, uh, obviously yeah. f- fake um, versions of those can potentially can sort of harm an individual, not just financially, but obviously be yeah. very dangerous as well.
1: Exactly. You know, we've got to remember that these people are criminals, and criminals want to make money. Mm-hmm. So you've got to ask yourself the question. You know, you mentioned about brake pads. Why would I, as a criminal who wants to make money, put time and effort into ensuring those brake pads are the highest quality they've gone through rigorous testing procedures you know that that, that they are they are going to stop my car when they should mm-hmm. because they're just not interested in that they're interested in making money mm,
0: okay so when we look at the IP rights, uh, obviously, as I mentioned before, we've got patents, trademarks, designs and copy of the main four. Some of the acts against that, as you say, are civil rights. Yeah. Um, certainly, if, you ta- if you're infringing a patent, yeah, that's right. mostly a civil right. Mm. Other types of that are actually criminal acts, aren't they? That's right. Um, so, uh, I think, yeah. obviously, counterfeiting is, is criminal. Uh, uh, yeah. Intentionally copying a uh, registered design now is a criminal act as well. That's right. That, that was believe.
1: brought in, in, I think it was the IP bill yep. last year. So yeah, intentionally copying someone's registered design, it's pretty much like for like, is now a a criminal offence.
0: Okay, and we've got Christmas coming up, so a lot of these goods are going to be available on sale, market stores, wherever. What sort of things are you trying to uh, do to stop these acts happening?
1: Well, first of all, perhaps I should just talk about actually what people should really keep an eye out for. Mm -hmm. I'll just give you a quick example. My brother said to me the other day, he said, Got a fantastic pair of trainers. He said they're usually £140. He said, I found a website, 40 quid. Mm-hmm. I said, go on, what's that website then? He told me what the website was. And uh, well known to us to be counterfeit. Mm-hmm. Now, it's based overseas. And uh, again, they, you know these are just criminals just trying to take money and make money. Now, there's a lot of things that we're doing to try and prevent this, you know. We've got blocking orders that ISPs have to enforce. So, for instance, if I'm a music label and one of my artists is being repeatedly infringed on a website, I can actually apply to a court to get that website blocked in the UK. Mm -hmm. Now, that has been very successful, and there was uh, a recent case called the Cartier case, which now has uh, set a precedent for that to actually happen for... A website selling counterfeit goods. So that is something that as part of my job is to ensure that the environment for enforcing IP rights mm-hmm. is there and is efficient and is, is reactive. But equally, we're doing sort of simpler stuff. You know, we're working with enforcement agencies. Okay. We're working with brands. We've got, for instance, the IP crime group, which is coordinated by the, the IPO. And that incorporates between 30 and 40 different rights holders and brands and government agencies Mm -hmm. and police. Yeah. And we get together and we basically say, look, what can we do to tackle this? And obviously, there's a lot, lots of work going on behind the scenes, you know, with trading standards, uh, with brands directly, you know, and brands have, do a really good job in, in taking a proactive approach and protecting their their, their, their IP. Well, I do, yeah. I take a step back
0: there because yeah. although you, call the, you are called the enforcement team, mm. you don't actually do the enforcement, do
1: you? No, <laughs> we, we got no power to, to enforce. No. But what what we want to do is to ensure that those that do have the power. Yeah. So. You know, trade and standards the police yeah. etc can can actually use their powers and the powers that they've got are actually worthwhile having yeah you know and that and I'll just give you a, an example of actually how that works in practice so my responsibility at the moment is taking some legislation through Parliament mm-hmm. to make people who are involved in online copyright infringement spend 10 years in prison now it's already mm. available for those that are involved in physical copyright infringement but there was, uh, a loophole is probably the wrong word, but there was a, a gap really there because, you know, you've got to ask yourself the question, if I can take a CD, copy it and sell it to someone, and I can potentially get 10 years in prison, well, if I take a CD, copy it, and then put it online, well, I can only get two years. Oh. So we've got this disparity of eight years. And obviously, you know, it is a little bit more complicated than that, but actually, you know, if we were to boil it all down, that's what it does come down to, you know. Okay. So, we say, for, for us, we want to try and... Um, Ensure that enforcement agencies now do have the right tools to do the job, and that is, uh, you know, a fantastic working example of, it, of 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 what we're doing.
0: Okay, brilliant. So, as a rights holder, then, if I hold a particular, what what would be my first uh, port of call then? So, I, I find I've got a yeah. actually I've got a CD, um, yeah. I've, I've used a bit, bit of music, yeah. and I find someone actually copying that. What what's sort of the first thing would you suggest I do?
1: Well, the first thing I would suggest you do is to try and find out actually who is doing this. Okay, you know. And you know, assuming this is a, a, a say four or five CDs that they you know, maybe perhaps someone's selling it on a market stall. Yeah. I mean, the, the first thing to do is, if you are aware of it, tell the person, you know, okay. say this is you know, this is my intellectual property. You need to stop doing it. A lot of people will say sorry. Yeah, my fault. I'll stop doing it. However, they, of course, there are people that don't, they won't do that. Yeah. And then we're looking down the lines then of cease and desist notices. Right. Okay. You know, a, a, a sort of ramping up of yeah. you know the pressure almost although i should say you know, we would always recommend getting some legal advice because yeah. ip is, is it can be a complicated area yeah. you know
0: I was about to say um, that. So my, when I, I go out and do an events, some people yeah. do. We don't get a lot of uh, questions about enforcement because generally our role is actually promoting the goods, uh, promoting the services, and how you register. Yeah. We do get the occasional one, but my first advice will be to get legal advice. Absolutely. Because I think, yeah, as you say, quite right. IP can be quite complex. Yeah. Um, and getting that right, that initial correct um, legal yeah. advice is, yeah. is probably the right way to go. Now you can get IP insurance
1: you can get IP insurance, Yeah, it's a relatively new thing.
0: It's relatively new, and again, it's on our website, isn't it? So um, there's a big section on our website, again, it's www.gov.uk forward slash IPO. If you look at the insurance strand, it shows you what insurance is available. Um, We've also, I think we've done a blog on it fairly recently as well, so you can have a read of that as well. Now, if you are called into question, and Mm. um, unfortunately you are being infringed, Mm. obviously you get your legal advice, There's also we offer mediation. Uh, yeah. We do
1: offer mediation, yeah. So it's and that, again, it's it you know going to court can be very very expensive. Yeah, uh, mediation is is a more cost-effective way, and and it's especially useful where parties are willing to engage with each other and to try and sort a problem out.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I'll probably that's again. That's probably you'd try that before going to court. Absolutely. Would you suggest? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you do have to go to court, yes. then obviously introduced about, about eighteen months, two years ago, IPEC, the Intellectual Property Enterprise IPEC. Court.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We did an awful lot of work reforming uh, the way that people can enforce their rights, mm-hmm. and this resulted in the IPEC, which is the Intellectual Property Enterprise Court, which is a specialist court that sits within the Chancery Division of the High Court. I should probably say. Before any listeners get too excited about you know filing their claims in the court, it really is there as a, as, as a last resort yeah. you know and we would always recommend that you try and you know enforce your rights The not so necessarily the most minimal fuss but you know it can be costly yeah. and you know it can be a lot of work and the, about 300 cases a year go to the court and only about thirty ever make it through to a trial
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. so you know it's a few points for people to, to sort of uh, bear in mind there. But, yeah, the IPEC covers registered designs, patents, uh, registered trademarks, uh, copyright, and some other IP rights. And it's kind of split into two areas. So for for damages under about 500,000, when I say about, it is exactly 500,000. That's heard by the the Patents Court uh, or the Chancery Division. And then we introduce uh, Small Claims Court,
0: which... So it's very much like if, you, if your washing machine goes wrong, isn't it? So you can exactly. take action under a small claims track. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So that is where you're 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 seeking less than ten thousand. Mm-hmm. You can you can go to a small claims court, and it's probably an opportunity for me to plug our new strategy, Okay. because we do have a, an enforcement strategy which is for the next four years. Um, and I would really encourage our listeners to perhaps go and have a, have a read of that because there's, if I remember rightly, there is a part in there about a photographer who uses the IPEC to enforce his rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'd been infringed and, you know, it was, ve- it was very successful for him. And these are the kind of people that it's targeted at, you know, it's, it's where you can't yeah. resolve a problem. Yeah, and I, th- I
0: think we use that in a couple of the talks we did. Okay. I think he asked originally for about £300 for his photographs. Found that the company, exactly. that the company said, "Thank you very much. We'll let you know." And all of a sudden, they started to use these photographs by even taking out his uh, watermark.
1: That is So the, he used the, the,
0: the. I think he used a small claims track. He got the three hundred quid, and he also got about fifteen hundred pounds on top of uh, that for damages and his his time and effort. So, yeah, exactly. cer- certainly worth doing.
1: Yeah, Definitely yeah. worth doing. Absolutely. Definitely worth doing. But you know, always consider all the other options that are available to you. And you know, as I say, just escalate it as as you see necessary.
0: Yeah, and you said you mentioned numbers there. Um, yes. Literally no numbers um, when you think that get to court,
1: yes. And,
0: and so you know, if you are taking out IP rights, yes. I, I think the likelihood of you being infringed is, yes. is quite low anyway, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. So we don't want to deter people from filing.
1: No, absolutely um, So this not. really
0: is a last resort if, if it does happen. Yeah. And um, do you know what, Gary? Forward.
1: If you have you know a registered IP right, it's mm-hmm. an awful lot easier to enforce. Of course. Than if you don't have an IP right. And you know, it's right where you say we are. We are taking in about fifty thousand trademark applications yeah, at the moment. Absolutely, yeah. And a, a, a Really small it? fraction yeah. have problems, you know. But it, if you know, I think it's about 200 quid mm. at the moment, 170 pounds for our trademark,
0: yeah, yeah. If you do it online, you
1: know, for 10 years, 17 quid. Um,
0: a year. I'll also mention PIPCO, uh, I know you've yeah. been heavily involved in setting those up, and they've been again running for about two three years now, yeah, I think so. And that's the, the police intellectual property crime unit. Unit. crime unit, yeah, and that's yes, they do so. mostly with online. Um, cases is that right? They do. Websites and, and what have you?
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So that, yeah, uh, we've we funded that I think between about four and five million over the last um, number of years, and that's that's within City of London Police, yeah, dedicated unit with dedicated officers to tackling IP crime. So yeah, I say predominantly online, yeah. although you know, um, they again, have, I think, I, think yeah. I saw
0: figures on that they've taken down you know thousands of. Um, websites where counterfeit goods and fake goods are being sold. So again, another initiative that's working out quite well. More recently than that, in the last probably month or so, we've had the uh, IP Pro Bono website. And again, that's um, a number of uh, patent attorneys, trademark attorneys, getting together, offering their services at low cost for certain people who probably couldn't afford to enforce yes. their uh, IP in, in real terms, so, yeah, absolutely. so that's there. And again, I think we've got a blog on that, which was uh, about a week ago. So again, if you sign up to our blogs, you'll get all this information um, sent to your desktop so you can read it firsthand. Yes. So uh, let's have a look there. What what, you, what what are you currently working on at the moment, then, for, for when, when it comes to enforcement? What's what's the current trends, or...?
1: Well, I mean, we're doing a lot of research. A big part of policy um, is ensuring that you've know you you've got the evidence base. Yep. And, you know, again, taking a real, real working example, I mentioned that I'm working on a project that I call 2 to 10 because it's taking the maximum sentence from 2 years to 10 years. Right, okay. I mean, you know, we did an awful lot of work there to get the evidence base, you know, in place. And that involves, you know, reports. Um, we did a report called Penalty Fair where we we, we asked a number of academics to figure and look into this problem for us, and that is something that we we utilise on a regular basis because you know we don't want to we don't want to be in a be in a position where, you know, we don't have the evidence for for, for you know for for change. Mm-hmm. My, my colleagues working in other parts of enforcement work closer with enforcement agencies, so we've just launched our IP crime report. Yeah, I was just
0: about to say crime report, just is out. What what sort of things are in there? and What can we?
1: Well, you know, the, the IP crime report is 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 really a, f- a fantastic document because it highlights exactly what enforcement agencies, brands, and the government has been doing over the past year to tackle IP infringement, not just crime, but you know a variety of things. And uh, it, you know, it is really a one-stop shop for anyone, really, who's interested in, in seeing, seeing what's going on. Yeah.
0: So that's out there. people. That's again, there. it's available from our website. Yeah, you have to go in there, have a look at the crime report. Anything you want to add? To that, any uh, interesting facts or pointers that you want to point people out to come up Christmas? What to look out for maybe when it comes to counterfeit goods? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I was looking online last night, and a couple of these these online marketplaces, and you know, a lot of work is being done by 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 these guys, but uh, there are awful lot of fake goods out there. You know, we're talking branded tracksuits that would normally retail for two or three hundred pounds on sale for 30 quid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the first thing I would say to people is, you know, be sensible. If you're getting such a bargain that, it, you know, you have to raise an eyebrow, then there's a very high likelihood that it's going to be counterfeit. Yeah, I bought a few items with me today. You know, we, we just have to look at sort of football shirts, for instance, you know, popular, perhaps popular present at Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, perhaps there's spelling mistakes on there. Perhaps they don't have the tags inside that you would expect. Perhaps the quality of, of the, the garment is really, really poor. Um, you know, electronics this time of year for Christmas, uh, you know, they're, they're very popular. Again, packaging. Um, the packaging can, can use poor quality cellophanes. They can be, um, you know, perhaps spelling mistakes. Although counterfeiters have got used to people picking up on this and the packaging generally can be actually quite good. You know, the, the product itself, is it using poor quality plastics, poor quality materials? Mm. Does it perhaps not have some functionality of, of what you would expect? I, I can remember a while back we had some counterfeit handhelds, um, sort of game stations, and they didn't have a slot for the, for the game actually to go in. <laughs> they were preloaded with with some games. Quite often, it's very, very difficult then for people to get refunds on this. Yeah. Perhaps you've seen it on a on an online social media platform where you buy it, you hand over your money, and then the person disappears. Yeah. You know, so I really say to people, you know, common sense. You know, is it too good to be true? Mm-hmm. You know, and then this ne- neatly leads into ensuring you're buying it from a reputable retailer. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I buy as much off the internet as probably the next person, but you know, you do need to apply these sort of you know these common sense. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, sort of. No rules but you know you you, you just got to have some common sense about you you know and think it, it, you know is this is this deal too good to be true yeah. if w- it which is which guys it probably is isn't it, it? it? Yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> and i'll go to a more reputable retailer yeah absolutely you know.
0: So, there we are. Um, We've covered a little bit about enforcement. If you want more information, obviously our website is available. We have a call centre, 0300 300 2000. Just give us a ring if you've got any issues with the things we've been discussing uh, today. Just to finish off, we always talk about uh, a little bit that's been in the news um, over past weeks or past days. Last week was uh, obviously the general public up in arms because Tobarone are re-spacing the chocolate bar uh, to make it slightly less weight. Reese, any feelings on that?
1: Well, you know, I mean, I suppose the question is, will the consumer pay more? And because ultimately, you know, these, these, these raw materials that are going into the into the you know the Toblerone, your, your cocoa, your milk, blah blah blah, are costing more. So I can understand why Toblerone has done it, although I, you know, equally people, people are not and, happy that...
0: And obviously Toblerone, the shape of the chocolate, the shape of the box and the name are all trademarks. So obviously absolutely. make sure that if you are making, or if you're going into the chocolate industry, <laughs> do make, don't make your bars that shape because yeah, you will true. be infringing on Toblerone's uh, uh, trademark. Also I noticed in, uh, on, on the web that uh, Brentford, again Brentford supporters up in arms, their nickname is The Bees. And they've actually got a new crest now on their uh, on their t- on their shirts, their football shirts. But unfortunately, it looks a little bit like a wasp. But uh, there we are. But at least uh, Brentford have taken steps to actually register that uh, the look of the new logo uh, as a trademark. So uh, that, that that's good as well. So I think that's about it from uh, us today. Thank you again for downloading it. Um, I say get in contact with us if you need to contact us. If you email us at marketipo.gov.uk. at um, give us a ring on 300 2000 and get online www.gov dot uk forward slash ipo Uh, loads of useful information click on the orange tab with the white suitcase that takes you into our business tools Uh, and what i forgot to mention that actually one of those business tools is the health check and there is an enforcement strand on the health check so you can actually answer a few questions get yourself a report and that will point you in the right direction where you get further advice and help so again thank you for listening and we'll catch you
1: again uh, next time